This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll look ahead to the beginning of the spring legislative session and get commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about the latest in corruption headlines, Governor J.B. Pritzker's State of the State address, and more. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hi, this is Chris Krug, publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at thecentersquare.com, the country's fastest-growing, nonprofit, nonpartisan, state-focused news and information site. We deliver essential Illinois news and information with a taxpayer sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. We know that you want to get a quick update on what's happening at the state capitol in Springfield and across the state. Our team writes short, impactful stories that help all Illinoisans understand what's going on in their home state. We know that you need information that allows you to understand what the governor and your local legislators are doing. Our team covers government and the activity of elected officials so you can make sense of how their activity affects you and your family and your future here in Illinois. We know Illinois because we live in Illinois. Get the news that you need to know at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. Thecentersquare.com. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Here's some of the top headlines from the past week. Former State Senator Martin Sandoval pleaded guilty to bribery and lying about his income taxes. Before he's sentenced, federal authorities say Sandoval's agreed to cooperate fully in an ongoing corruption investigation. Governor J.B. Pritzker earlier in the week reacting, saying Sandoval, if he knows anything, he needs to make it known. If there are others who are responsible, others that he's aware of uh, that have committed wrongdoing, they should be found out, uh, they should be charged, and they should be convicted. A plea agreement between prosecutors and Sandoval said the former state lawmaker has agreed to cooperate. It also said that there were others involved in criminal activity. State Representative David McSweeney said Illinois lawmakers need to take ethics and lobbying reforms seriously. Another uh, task force, another commission, that's just a code phrase for we're going to get absolutely nothing uh, done that's of substance. More on that commission later in this program. Meanwhile, Pritzker left the issue on how to deal with red light cameras up to the state legislature. That's something that Sandoval is doing, protecting the red light camera industry while taking bribes. But but I, it's clear that... Really, almost anything can be corrupted uh, by somebody who wants to be corrupt. So it's also a question about, you know, who is it that's implementing these laws? McSweeney said the cameras aren't about improving safety. Rather, they're about bringing in revenue. And Sandoval's guilty plea, he said, should prompt lawmakers to get rid of the cameras altogether. I'm going to push that bill. It's House Bill 322. Sandoval killed it in 2015. We know why now. This is a corrupt program. It needs to end in the state of Illinois. In pleading guilty, Sandoval said he used his power to protect the red light camera industry by killing bills in the Senate. McSweeney's bill this year to prohibit red light cameras in non-home rural municipalities has bipartisan support. Ethics reforms, property tax relief, criminal justice reform, and clean energy policies are some of the major themes from Governor J.B. Pritzker's State of the State Address. The freshman governor Wednesday delivered the speech in front of state senators and representatives. He highlighted his broad agenda the Democrat-controlled legislature passed last year. He also went after critics. I'm here to tell the carnival barkers, the doomsayers, the paid professional critics, the state of our state is growing stronger each day. 
speech comes on the heels of former state Senator Martin Sandoval pleading guilty to bribery and several other former and current state lawmakers facing federal charges. While he didn't name any of them by name, Pritzker did lay out specifics for reforming ethics in Illinois, like more disclosure, stiffer penalties, and other reforms. Elected officials shouldn't be allowed to retire and immediately start lobbying their former colleagues. It's wrong, and it's got to stop. He also said criminal justice reform is a priority. That starts with phasing out cash bail and following many of the recommendations made by the Bipartisan Criminal Justice Reform Commission. The commission was created by former Governor Bruce Rauner, but Pritzker said many ideas didn't come to fruition because of the partisan rancor and dysfunction. As to clean energy, he said that's something that he'll get done this year. But let me be clear. The old ways of negotiating energy legislation are over. It's time to put consumers and climate first. I am not going to sign an energy bill written by the utility companies. Next month, Pritzker delivers his budget proposal for the fiscal year that begins July 1st. Political leaders from both sides of the aisle weighing in on Pritzker's State of the State speech. Among the criticisms were things the governor did not address. House Minority Leader Jim Durkin appreciated the governor's push for stronger ethics reforms, but he was disappointed the governor didn't talk more about bringing about a fair legislative map-making process. All power comes from the ability to draw the maps. That is how power is maintained over a 10-year period. And that is what's created this culture of corruption that we've seen in this state. The governor did not address redistricting reform in his speech. He previously said that he'll veto a partisan map. Durkin reacted. The Democrats have the ability in both chambers to override that veto. For me, that's not strong enough. I, I want to see a better process. Durkin also wanted to hear more about policies to grow the state's economy. House Speaker Mike Madigan said in a statement that House Democrats are ready to work with the governor and Republicans to balance the budget, enact lobbying reforms, and to, quote, build an economy that works for all. Pritzker talked about property tax relief efforts in his speech as well, such as allowing for local government consolidation, but that wasn't enough for Republican State Senator Neil Anderson. My takeaway was something that stuck out to me is he talked about Twitter more than property taxes, um, which is a little frustrating. The progressive income tax only came up twice during Pritzker's speech. One was close to the end of his speech. The other mention was when the governor was thanking new Senate President Don Harmon. After the speech, Harmon said the progressive income tax is a priority for his members. To pass the fair tax in November and to try to use that to reconfigure our tax structure and push down the pressure on property taxes, which people all across the state uh, recognize are way too high and is hurting too many working families. The National Federation of Independent Business said the proposed progressive income tax goes against making Illinois business friendly to increase small business development. Members of the Illinois Commission on Ethics and Lobbying Reforms heard more about how to address ethics in state government, including how to prevent conflicts of interest at an hours-long hearing earlier this week. Illinois Policy's Adam Schuster said since 2000, corruptions cost the state nearly $10 billion in economic output. He suggested several reforms, including a two-year cooling down period between when a lawmaker leaves office and when he or she can become a lobbyist. That is uh, common among the states, and it also happens to coincide with the length of the General Assembly. And we think that would give the public a lot more confidence that there isn't uh, you know, a selling of influence going on. Schuster also proposed barring lawmakers from lobbying local governments. State Senator L.G. Sims is co-chair of the commission. He's also a lawyer who's registered as a lobbyist in Chicago. He says he's following the law. 
under the rules of professional conduct and under under Chicago ordinance, I'm required to to register as a lobbyist as I register as I as I uh, represent clients before the city. Sim said the commission will look at uniform standards to see what they could do to address the issue across the state. Nicholas Birdsong with the National Conference of State Legislatures addressed the committee with a review of what other states do with ethics. After a slew of questions getting into the weeds of state law, he said it seems Illinois lawmakers are serious. I think they're taking a very serious look at Illinois' ethics laws and they're trying to figure out the best approach and how to go forward to build public trust or rebuild public trust. Many of the reforms that were brought up over the series of several hearings have been filed at the state house's bills but haven't moved. House Majority Leader Greg Harris, who's also co-chair of the commission, said that they're taking their time. To me, it's making sure we've heard all the input from the public, from the different reform groups who have ideas, to be sure that we don't act prematurely or in haste. The next commission hearing scheduled for next week. They're expected to hear about what proposed changes are needed for the Legislative Ethics Commission and the Legislative Inspector General. Despite more problems surfacing with Illinois' automatic voter registration program, Secretary of State's office isn't giving in to pressure to suspend the program. Those problems surfaced beyond more than 500 likely non-citizens getting registered to vote. It's also been revealed people who selected to opt out were still forwarded to be registered. There were also thousands of 16-year-olds forwarded to elections authorities to register to vote. State Representative Tim Butler said the program needs to be suspended. The sheriff's race in Macon County from 14 months ago, from from the fall of 2018, was decided by a single vote. Out of 40,000 votes cast, it was decided by a single vote, which means one person's vote matters. And if we are registering people to vote in these counties that are not eligible to vote, we're doing it wrong, and we could determine the outcome of election. The entire Senate Republican caucus also said AVR needs to be suspended. Democratic State Representative Kelly Burke said she's not ready to call for the program to be suspended quite yet. I'd like to um, you know, get a little more information from the Secretary of State's office about what happened, how it happened, and how easy it is to turn on and off um, some of these functions because obviously getting more people who are eligible to vote to participate in the elections is what the, the goal of this is. Secretary of State's office said they've stopped forwarding 16-year-olds to elections officials but didn't indicate they'd suspend the automatic voter registration program together entirely. Governor J.B. Pritzker also declined to suspend the program being operated by executive agencies under his control. A hearing on the issue Thursday was canceled. It's been rescheduled for next week. Social media giant Facebook settled a lawsuit saying the company violated state law that will compensate its Illinois-based users. Cole Lauterbach has that story. In a corporate earnings call Wednesday, Facebook officials revealed that the company had tentatively agreed to create a $550 million fund to pay its Illinois-based users who joined the class action case against the company. Edelson PC lawyer Christopher Dore explains exactly what Facebook did to break the Illinois Biometric Information Privacy Act. When you would upload a photo, it would suggest who was in that photo, and it was using facial recognition technology to do that. There's nothing users can do right now to sign up for the suit, but Dorr says the final amount should be significant. Several hundred dollars is is an expectation that um, we have conservatively based on um, prior cases and experience. The suit was initially filed in 2015. I'm Cole Lauterbach. Those are the top stories from the past week for Illinois. Find more online at thecentersquare.com. Coming up from Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop.
takeaway was something that stuck out to me is he talked about Twitter more than property taxes, um, which is a little frustrating. That right there was Illinois State Senator Neil Anderson, a Republican from Andalusia, Illinois, over near the Quad Cities. Welcome back to Illinois and Focus's Crosstalk segment. This is Chris Krug, publisher of the Center Square, joined by Dan McCaleb, our executive editor. In the wake of Illinois' state of the state, that was Mr. Anderson's takeaway. Uh, interesting way to get us going. Dan, your takeaway on state of the state. And by the way, good morning and good afternoon and good evening, depending on what time you know you might be listening to this. I'll keep it time neutral. Hello, Chris. How are you? Great. So uh, it's all rainbows and uh, unicorns here in the state of Illinois after listening to Governor Pritzker's State of the State speech earlier this week. Uh, we're on the right path. Uh, nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. So just go about your uh, daily business. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just picking up a little bit of sarcasm in, in your tone, just a, a little. You and I have worked together for a long time. I don't have the highest level of emotional intelligence, but I'm just, I'm getting the vibe that you're not completely bought in to the rebirth of, of Illinois and uh, year one of um, Governor J.B. Pritzker's uh, Fandango here. Well, if you, you know, if you don't care about among the highest in the nation property taxes, overall highest in the nation uh, uh, tax burden, Tens of thousands of people fleeing the state uh, year in and year out. Record uh, pension debt uh, of all the 50 states. Yeah, then sure, why not? Everything is great. Oh, well, all right. So let's uh, let's peel the onion back a bit. And, and um, what all did Governor Prisker have to say in in state of the state? What stuck What stuck with you and and um, you know, I mean, it just what's gonna what what should resonate for Illinoisans at this point? Well, he's been a he's done spent a good deal of, uh, of time talking about all of uh, his and the legislature's accomplishments from last year, um, which which includes doubling the state gas tax and it includes uh, uh, putting a constitutional amendment on the ballot for uh, changing our uh, the way uh, we tax income in the state, changing it from a flat tax where everyone is uh, pays the same uh, percentage to a, a progressive tax um, where higher earners pay much higher rates. Talked about uh, uh, consolidating police and fire pensions and how that's going to help property taxes, even though it's really not um, going to. So um, a lot of uh, just a lot of discussion of what he said he accomplished that many detractors feel like weren't accomplishments. They were taking the state backwards. Mm. Yeah, I was looking through the transcript and he, he also went after um, after uh, President Trump. Um, why? I mean, what I mean, I, I understand why, I guess. I mean, it's, you know, it, but it, it, doesn't Illinois have other fish to fry? Yeah, and and really no fight in the in 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 this game necessarily. Um, he criticized uh, the president for his his immigration policies. Um, uh, Pritzker and, and other progressives in the state um, have wanted to make Illinois a sanctuary state, uh, where uh, regardless of your immigration status, whether or not you're in the country uh, legally or not, uh, you won't cooperate with federal uh, immigration officials. So it was it was a it was a cheap shot because he disagrees with the president over immigration policy. 
Yeah, I also saw the statement that the what the, the National Federation of Independent Businesses and that they released at the same time that the uh, that the governor was making the state of the state, and they were extremely critical of the opportunities for small business in the state of Illinois, and uh, pointed to that as a specific reason why uh, Illinois wasn't growing the way the rest of the of the uh the country was or is i should say well they have a lot to st- at stake particularly well one last year one thing i didn't mention about the, the accomplishments prisker tata last year was raising the, the state's minimum wage eventually getting to 15 dollars uh, an hour that has a huge impact on on businesses um, who incur that additional expense um uh but you know that particularly small businesses but in order to uh, uh, make that work, to offset that added expense um, from the minimum wage increase, they're not hiring people. They're cutting hours. They're cutting other benefits um, because they have to survive if they want to. If they want to continue to employ people and providing a service to their communities. But getting back to the progressive tax, they have they have a huge stake, small business owners. Um, if if voters decide in November. Uh, to change the state's flat income tax to a progressive one because these many of these small business owners, if not most of these small business owners, file as individual filers. So they're going to have to, their rates are going to go up significantly uh, if that does occur. So there's no wonder that they're already, they're putting out statements as, as Pritzker's speaking about uh, this, the uh, uh, Illinois' business climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that might be lost in the in the in the understanding of um, of just what this means across the board. So, if you are an entrepreneur and you're thinking about creating your own business, you'll likely start your business as an LLC. It's the fastest way to to get your business up and and sort of happening. And when you do that, your business and your income overall are one are really they're viewed as one and the same. By the by, the state for the purpose of taxation. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 absolutely not the way to incentivize people to get out there and, and to try to create businesses. I mean, Illinois has done a pretty good job, you know, of luring businesses, in particular to Chicago and the Chicago suburbs. But they, you know, they've done that largely on 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 you know, incentives that make it almost too irresistible not to come to Chicago. And, uh, and ultimately, I don't know if these are, these, these wind up being great deals for uh, Illinoisans. They wind up being pretty good deals for these big businesses. And certainly you do bring some high paying jobs in, but they're subsidized, you know, by the other taxpayers that are in the, in those districts. And uh, whether you're in the city or whether you're in the suburbs or whether you're just part of the state. Yeah, for every every dollar uh, in incentives government gives to one taxpayer, in this case being a business, or for that matter, for every million dollars that government gives a big business to try and lure them uh, in tax incentives to try and lure the business there, um, that one million dollars is paid for by everybody else. Yeah, essentially government picking winners and losers uh, in the free market, which means it's not a free market. Right. Right, right, right. So, um, so the significance of the state of the state is not just um, you know just a, a a day on the calendar. It's really the official beginning of the legislative session, and one person whose chair is absent, uh, or I should say, is not 
sitting in his chair any longer would be former Illinois Senator Martin Sandoval. He's the Democrat from Cicero. Uh, his troubles have been well chronicled, but um, starting to come to uh, some level of clarity as to what happened uh, with an admission that um, that he was doing some things that weren't so savory. So what's the what's the latest on Sandoval and and let's talk about the fallout. Yeah, just just an astounding piece of news this week, uh, Senator Sandoval, former excuse me, Senator Sandoval, thankfully, um, pleaded guilty, admitted in open court today to accepting more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in bribes over several years. Um, to keep the red light camera industry, which has raked in more than a billion dollars in, in motorist uh, uh, hard-earned money, um, to keep the, the industry alive from attempts by other state lawmakers to try and ban uh, red light cameras uh, throughout the state. Uh, he accepted dirty money, not to protect the people who voted in the, in the office's uh, uh, interests, to, uh, but to benefit himself, to financially benefit himself. It's outrageous, and uh, I we it's looking like more and more are going to start to fall. So one of the pieces of information that existed, you know, with within, you know, within this indictment and the and the uh, the plea that he accepted was that um, in exchange for bribes, he was killing legislation. Yes, several lawmakers, as I said, have over years over years time have filed uh, uh, legislation to ban red light cameras either statewide or in certain in certain areas, um, and uh, he he was a powerful chairman of the Senate uh, Transportation Committee, Senator Sandoval was, former Senator Sandoval was. And uh, of course, anything doing with tra- transportation, any legislation doing with transportation had to go through his committee. And when he got a, a bill that he didn't like, such as something restricting the use of red light cameras, he would send it He would send it to a subcommittee. And guess, guess how many members were on this, that specific subcommittee? Um, zero. <laughs> That's right. Amazing. So guess what happens when a, when a bill gets passed on to a subcommittee that has zero members? Mm, uh, I'm just going to guess not much. Yeah, nothing. It's It dies. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. So, you know, I was, I was going through the list of, of pieces of legislation uh, that were sent to the subcommittee on special issues, and these very, very special issues <laughs> – one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wait a second. Eleven. <laughs> twelve. Uh, I think it's twelve. And so, how, and how many of them uh, moved out of the committee? And <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm, you know, I'm gonna take us. I'm gonna take a flyer on this, and I'm gonna say zero. Oh, wow. how am I doing? <laughs> I think that's probably the right answer. And some of these things, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, I get, you know, it's like, it's, it's laughable, but right. Some of these things are actually not, I mean, they're not all connected to, uh, you know, to red light cameras. Um, some of them have, you know, I mean, they like legitimately, um, you know, I think are meaningful pieces of legislation, right? I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, gosh, just like, requirement for school buses to have an extended arm for crossing 
that might not have been such a horrible idea. Wow. You know, I mean, it's, it, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a story that's going on in Indiana that hasn't come to full fruition yet. And forgive me, I don't know if, um, you know, if, if that school bus had an arm on it, but it was a, a younger woman who ran over school kids and, and killed them uh, passing a school bus on the right. So, you know, I, I don't know that, that these are all, that these are all goofy. There's, but but my one of my pet peeve issues, specific pet peeve issues, was strengthening you know punishment, <laughs> and I'm going to use the word punishment. I mean very specifically because I think you should be punished for this. Driving in the left lane when you're not passing, right? And he killed that one too. Well, see, see, and, and honestly, I haven't read either of those full bills, the school bus one or driving in the left lane one. Right. But who knows what they might have ultimately become. They might have been able to, you know, you never know, right? So, well, yeah, well, what, yeah my point is certainly they were worthy of conversation, worthy of debate uh, uh, in committees and in the House floor and the Senate floor. Maybe they don't pass. Maybe they, maybe they do pass. Maybe they're good bills. Maybe they're not so good bills. But it was worthy of debate. Yeah. By sending them to this subcommittee with uh, no members, it doesn't even get a discussion. Hey, canned them. Basically, yeah. canned them. Yeah, I mean, so when people talk about, like, corruption and what does corruption look like, um, you know, it's pretty safe to say when the interests that you have personally, financially, start to dictate your approach to policy and you are sitting in a position where you are – I mean, he was in the legislature for 17 years. So he's a high-ranking member of the Illinois Senate with the party that has control of the chamber. This guy had decision power that was unlike your, you know, your typical, you know, your typical run-of-the-mill Springfield legislator. This Martin Sandoval had the ability to do things within the mechanics of legislate of the legislature and the things that he was he was doing clearly i mean as as he has admitted we're self-serving yeah, he deserves all the prison time uh he's gonna get probably more because he is now cooperating with federal authorities um so he'll in exchange for that he'll probably get a lighter sentence than uh, he normally would but here's here's the money he's, he, he's not alone here's here's the money shot from federal documents that led to mm -hmm. uh, his conviction sandoval quit and this is a quote direct quote sandoval also engaged in corrupt activities with other public officials and accepted money from other people in return for using his position as an illinois state senator to attempt to benefit those people and their business interests in total, Sandoval accepted over $250,000 in bribes as part of criminal activity that involved more than five participants. Mm. There's more coming, and there's going to be more lawmakers who are indicted, and this thing is going to continue to grow. Illinois is corrupt and has been corrupt for decades. Plenty of people have said it. Folks like House Speaker Mike Madigan have let it go on for far too long. It's time to clean house. Yeah, I'm with, I'm, well, I'm with you on that. And I mean, I, I would also, you know, I mean, just to kind of fire a shot across the bow here. For the people who have been part of the legacy media in Springfield, you know, and you have a group of people that have been there for a long time watching the shop. Shame on you. That's a disaster that, that you've allowed to happen in front of you. And you, you couldn't connect the dots. I mean, you got people that have been covering the legislature 
in that town for multiple decades and they couldn't see this developing ridiculous yeah. embarrassing and there's too far too many people in the in the uh, in the media who are nothing more than madigan apologists despite years and decades of of of, of issues from um from things like this, outright corruption to uh, ethical issues to sexual harassment in the state house, nobody's holding them accountable. I'm telling you, it's, the fear factor there is is unreasonably high. I have no idea why they would be so motivated to be to be blind to what's going on and why they're not in an all hands on deck effort at this point to pull apart the last. 25 years of everything that's gone on in that state house doesn't make any sense to me so i guess the center square will have to do it dan i wish you luck with that let me know how it works out sure thing <laughs> so um what else do we have on the docket today we want to talk about this facebook um settlement which is kind of an interesting thing i mean it's this is not a um, a legislative, well, I mean, there's a legislative aspect to this, of course, because there's a law in the books in Illinois that facial recognition is is, is forbidden. Um, that you know, you companies do not have the right to you know capture your images biometrically. I don't believe unless you consent to that. And Facebook um, had been doing it with you know some level of obliviousness to this law and. On Wednesday night of this past week, there was an announcement that uh, they're going to settle to the tune of $550 million with Illinoisans. So this is an Illinois-specific settlement. So throw some details at us. Let's, let's, let's talk about this a bit. Yeah, so in 2008, uh, Illinois lawmakers passed the Biometric uh, Information Privacy Act, which is one of the strictest... Um, uh, biometric uh, acts in the country, and what what biometrics is is they they, it, 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 to, I guess to sum it down, it's it's things like Facebook's uh, facial recognition software, mm -hmm. uh, your fingerprints, or mm -hmm. your biometrics, etc. So, uh, the law passed in two thousand eight, banning essentially companies from using whatever biometric data they collect uh, from individuals without that in each individual's consent. I think it was in 2011 is when when Facebook put out its 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 facial recognition uh, software and how Facebook users use it. If, if you know people use Facebook, they post photos to Facebook all the time, and um, the software allows uh, uh, individuals to identify people in the pictures through facial rec recognition um, software. Mm -hmm. And uh, Facebook started doing that and allowing individuals uh, in Illinois to do that against state law. Um, about five years ago, uh, a class action lawsuit, actually separate class action lawsuits were filed and they were eventually consolidated. And then so this week it was announced that Facebook was sell settling the class action lawsuit for $500 million. Now, what does that mean um, for individual Facebook uh, users in Illinois? We don't quite know yet. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's, I, I saw an estimate that up to five to six million Facebook, Illinois Facebook users could be eligible to join in. That pro probably include you, could include me. We just don't know yet. Um, but details about how to find out if you're eligible um, uh, for part of that settlement will be will uh, they'll be released in the coming weeks and months. Yeah. Um, 
but $550 million would be shared with with whoever is identified as being a victim of um, of Facebook's facial recognition. Right. Right. And this is one of those, this is a, this is a class, class action suit that, you know, we all sort of, I think if you're on Facebook, I don't think they asked you if you wanted to participate in it, that they didn't have to define the class that way because it was so widespread. The, um, the, yeah, the, the, the payout on that, I've seen a couple of different figures, but it, it might be a couple hundred bucks. So yeah, it's going to, it's going to largely depend on how many people qualify uh, and then actually sign up for being part of the settlement. And um, that $550 million after attorneys take their cut, I'm sure will yeah, be, right. will right. be, be distributed evenly among all members of the class. Well, that's what it's all about. Distributing it evenly, Dan, after the cut. So, um, you know, with that, I mean, I, I, I think I'm going to, uh, think I'm going to delete my account. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I'm, I think I'm done. I'm done with face bag and moving on. Um, I don't know, maybe move over to TikTok. Uh, might be, I, I feel more secure just giving my stuff directly to the Chinese cut out the middleman. Just let's, let, let's just get, get to it. Um, what else is going on, Dan? Anything else to talk about today? Didn't we have a listener to thank? Wasn't there a listener we wanted yeah. to thank? Yeah, 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 yeah. We wanted to, we wanted to thank Karen, um, who became the most recent person to support uh, the Illinois in Focus podcast with a, a monthly gift contribution. And Karen, thank you so much for that. And it, it absolutely delighted us to get the update from us. If you're wondering how you might be able to support the podcast, you can. We are a 501c3 and uh, at Franklin News Foundation, which uh, oversees the, the center square. You can get that information very easily on the uh, Illinois in Focus page at anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Go there to the Illinois in Focus page. You can subscribe, and if you like what you hear, give us a little bit of money. It allows Dan and I to do the stuff that we do, and uh, we thank you for that. So, uh Karen, one more time. We really appreciate it. You made our day. Dan, uh, any 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 parting shot beyond that, my friend? Who you got in the Super Bowl? Ooh, I tell you what. I um I think I'm going I think I'm going with the Chiefs in, in this game. I mean, I I'm I I don't really have a a rooting interest, but I I do have friends who are Chiefs fans, who are long-suffering Chiefs fans and uh a lovely wife who is a long-suffering Andy Reid fan as an Eagles uh, person, so I wouldn't it wouldn't wouldn't hurt my feelings if uh, if the Chiefs won. Of course, the quarterback from San Francisco's and Arlington Heights, Rolling Meadows kids. So I mean, there's no losers in this game except for the other 30 teams that didn't qualify for the uh, Super Bowl. Eastern Eastern Illinois grad uh, yeah, uh, too Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. so you know I, I'm probably going to be pulling uh, for the Chiefs no reason don't don't have a, a necessary necessarily big rooting interest in this game but I'll probably be pulling for the Chiefs but I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers defense pulls it up I really hope it's just a it you know the Super Bowl has been a pretty terrific sporting event I mean not. not I mean, it's, that might be the dumbest thing I've ever said. But from the standpoint of competitiveness, I mean, the game is always, you know, the, the, there's always hype around the game. Sometimes the game doesn't live up to it. But it really feels like in the past five, seven years that this has been a 
dramatic and enjoyable game, whether your team's in it or not. And for you and I, our team hasn't been in it for our team, respective teams have not been in it for a while. Um, yours technically not at all. Oh God. Sorry, Dan. Um, and on that note, I apologize, Dan. No worries. I wasn't trying to go there. <laughs> my for my good friend and beleaguered Cleveland Browns fan, Dan McCaleb. This has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to the Illinois in Focus podcast. This was Crosstalk. Now over to Greg Bishop with a look at what the center square will be working on next week. Next week, lawmakers scheduled to come back to Springfield where they'll take up a variety of issues, including ethics reforms, the automatic voter registration program, and more. We'll be there on the ground to bring you the latest and to unpack a bunch of bills lawmakers are starting to file here with the Center Square. This has been Illinois in Focus. For more stories and commentary online, visit thecentersquare.com. For the Center Square, Illinois, I'm Greg Bishop.